Chiefs game doesn't matter, but it is going to for the young players. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Be a more live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Enterprise Bank. Member FDIC, I am here with my beautiful friends, Craig Stout, Maddie Lane. The whole gang is here together. It is exciting to be back in our usual time. All that good stuff. Matthew, hi. Hello. How are you? I'm Hello. great. Thanks for asking. You're welcome, buddy. It's been a long time since I've got to see you since, you know, we recorded this last show in the middle of the day. Oh, Craig's here. Welcome back, Craig. How are you? We missed you, buddy. Holy cow! I don't have this kind of energy. I don't. I don't know what what happened. I haven't listened to the Monday show yet. I haven't had time. Um, I you weren't gonna, I, and I might have. You, you, not you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, I'm doing great. Um, very very happy that the Chiefs are not. Sounding like they're not going to risk anybody, you know, with injury or anything like that. We get to get a look at some backups, some of the depth players. This is actually going to be a pretty fun week to cover the Chiefs this week. Well, it definitely is because obviously the Chiefs are going to rest some of their key players in this game and getting in preparation for the playoffs. You know, the Hayes kind of in the barn. That's kind of what we've established, right? This this team is what they are. We're not going to get another look at this version until it's do or die. Um, and I, you know, me and Maddie had the conversation about, you know, kind of going back and forth, like good idea, bad idea. I was more pro sit them, Maddie, maybe a few more hesitations. Craig, where do you kind of sit on whether or not this team should be sitting starters? What, what do you think? I mean, on defense, they definitely got to sit starters. I, there's nothing more you got to prove over there. Um, let the young guys get some rep. Start a little faster. Well, uh, listen. Don't. Um, <laughs> the starters can sit as far as I'm concerned on the defensive side. I get the whole idea of trying to build some chemistry, trying to get into a rhythm, but Patrick Mahomes isn't playing, then none of them should play. Like, at this point, like it, give the young guys reps Guys like Wanya Morris make a lot of sense. We're going to get into a lot of this, you know, as it goes a little further. But there, it doesn't serve Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, even really Travis Kelsey, even though he's 16 yards away from 1,000 yards. It doesn't really serve any of those guys any good. You put a little bit more risk on guys getting hurt. Just get to the playoffs. That's what matters right now. I, I'm not going to like pit, make an argument pitch for them shit. They should no. play people now that they've already announced that they uh, are not going to. Um, that feels like a, a you should useless, rail against it. That feels like a argument to be made. I, you know, we're getting, we're doing another side path here. Chiefs made a big move, signed Isaiah Bugs to the practice squad. That is that depth defensive tackle. Legitimately, kind of poking fun. Uh, I think that's a very good signing. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the Chiefs roster, like they still have yet to get a defensive tackle besides Derek Nadi that is like good versus like anchor versus the run, right? Like Chris Jones makes plays versus the run, but he's not an anchor against it. It's kind of Derek Nadi who's very up and down in that role. And then Mike Pinnell's come back and been pretty good in that role. He got time over 
you know, uh, Neil Farrow's been on the roster. They kind of seem to cycle out of Matt Dickerson to bring in Pinnell, and he's the guy getting the run out. I think he's been better in that role than him. I- I'm just intrigued to see once the playoffs actually get here, if Bugs plays any kind of role. He's been a quality run-stuffing defensive tackle in the NFL for the Steelers, for the Lions. He played a big part in kind of turning that culture over for Dan Campbell with Detroit last year, like when they were first getting in there. So just it's a nice little signing to add depth. I assume he'll get a fair amount of call-ups come playoff time. At least that's just kind of my assumption right now. But there was some current news that we could probably touch on there with bugs being added to this uh, practice squad. Yeah, 6'3", 335, you know, played a little nose, played some defensive tackle, um, was a healthy scratch to kind of start the year for Detroit. Aline McNeil has been kind of the guy for them in the middle of that defense, and he's good. You know, he's a good football player. So when Aline McNeil went on IR, you got to see Bugs rotate in a little bit more. And, you know, he, he's been fine to good. Like, I mean, it, he's been what he is, really. Comes in, has a couple of tackles for loss, ends up with a sack, couple of QB hits. Nothing really major, but for a guy of his build and the way that he plays, that that's good enough. Ali McNeil comes back off of IR, and they're looking at a little bit of a roster crunch. They go ahead and decide that they're going to waive Isaiah Bugs this week. Dan Campbell talked about how rough of a decision that was, that they really appreciated him. They really loved him. Isaiah Bugs really loved it in Detroit. I think that there was nothing but positives that were coming out of that. It was just one of those roster crunch situations. And with as much as the Chiefs have rotated their defensive tackles this year and not giving guys some opportunities, giving other guys opportunities, you might as well go out and get a guy that, you know, go out and see what you got. Get an extended trial to see if you want him on the roster next year. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think he'll be able to, I don't think he'll be one of the call-ups this week, but it might be worth kind of just seeing, you know, how he integrates into this defense over the course of the next week or next month or so depending on how long the Chiefs are playing but it gives them a leg off on a leg up on signing him to a a futures contract and I think that's the thing that could be most appealing here is you're getting a leg up on him for 2024 you know for the you know for next year just giving him an opportunity to maybe you know break this roster it's such a niche position right like it is it's such a you know it's a very niche role and there's not a ton of guys available for it and, and teams aren't rostering as many as they have in the past and so that's where, you know, a guy like Isaiah Bucks could potentially fit into this roster. But I'd be kind of surprised if we see him get called up personally um, before the end of the year. But, I mean, crazier things have happened, I guess. And then it just, it's probably protecting yourself a little bit, too. Like we said, if Derek Donnie gets hurt, they don't have another nose tackle besides Neil Farrell, who they have kind of done everything they can to not play this year. Or then it becomes a Mike Pinnell or bringing Matt Dickerson back up, who's back on the practice squad. So it's just, I think it gives them another option to protect themselves in case of injury. I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe pull up a Bugs or a Dickerson or Pinnell or like two of them in the playoffs just to increase that defensive tackle rotation, especially when you look at some of the matchups like the Browns or like the Ravens going forward that might try to run the ball on them a little bit more. So I think they're just kind of protecting themselves this year it's mostly probably to get an early look at him, try to sign him in the future, yeah. in which, hey, I would rather see Isaiah Bugs play snaps over Neil Farrell <laughs> next year. I mean, like, I just based on what they've done in the NFL, he's a better player. So, like, if they can get him on under the, the uh, team next year on the roster, I think he would probably start out ahead of Neil Farrell, who has just really struggled to find his way into playing time this year. So, 
good move either way all around. I know every time a defensive tackle has been released or cut this year, everyone's kind of been like, oh, the Chiefs would be an interesting fit for that guy. The Chiefs would be an interesting fit for that guy. And here they just kind of slide Isaiah Bugs in without really anyone paying attention because no one's paying attention this week, I guess. Uh, and it's a, it's a nice move. I think it's a good little move. Yeah. And on top of that, he's a guy that's played in a bunch of different schemes. Uh, not, you know, basic schemes either. You know, he played at Bama for his final two years of college, had 13 and a half tackles for loss that last year. He was actually pretty, you know, pretty well regarded coming out, goes to Pittsburgh, plays over there for three years, you know, rotating in as a defensive tackle or a nose tackle, goes to Detroit, plays in a completely different scheme again. You know, uh, like he has picked it up wherever he's gone and he has earned playing time wherever he's gone. So, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are looking at this going, well, Neil Farrell's not really getting on the field. They're calling up all these other guys underneath him. Bugs is one of those guys that I do feel like can pick it up a little bit quicker than maybe some other guys just because he has played in so many schemes at a very, very high football level. So I think we will see him in the playoffs. I don't think that this is just a token. We're going to see him in practice throughout the rest of the year. All right, let's talk about uh, the last game before those playoffs. Chiefs Chargers time. We, you oh, know, I thought we were recapping the Bengals game again. I mean, you know, we can if you want. It's fine. <laughs> I had fun. It was, you know, I, I feel I, I, I can. It was to, more fun than others for I sure. Feel, I feel better. Yeah, look, we can't take wins for granted here in Kansas City anymore because the Chiefs have lost a lot of football games this year. Way more than we're accustomed to. I'm kind of like this is always a fun game. I think you know we're we're normally used to this kind of game when the Chiefs have nothing to play for in a positive way. Right now the Chiefs are locked into the three seed, and there I mean that is still something to be positive about. It's just not a bye week lock. It's not you know nothing like that. It's still a chance to see a lot of young guys at the bottom of this roster that we're all looking forward to. You know we're a bunch of draft nerds. Draft. Is seasons underway for us right now with the 2024 draft coming up? We're we're in draft mode, you know, under you know behind the scenes a little bit. But the 2023 class, there's some draft prospects here. There's also just some young players we've liked over the last couple of years that are probably going to get an opportunity to play. So let's start with you know some guys on the offensive side of the football. It's going to be fascinating to see the receivers and the receiver situation for this game because you know it's a lot of guys that we've looked at and said maybe, you know, like a, like a Justin Ross and, and a McCall Hardman. We know who McCall Hardman is, but um, we can start with Ross. I, everybody's like really excited to see a a bigger sample size of Justin Ross. Like that is what, I mean, we're seeing comments in, you know, in the, in the, uh, in, in the comments here. Flapjack City saying, I need Ross to get 100% of the snaps. I mean, people are like, that's the one that people are going to get most excited about. Um, it'll be fascinating. I, I'm just mostly curious to see, like, is he relegated to an X? Is he just going to be, are they going to move him around a little bit? Is this a chance to move him around a little bit? See what he can do, you know, in, in a variety of different spots. Like, I'm just very interested in his usage for this game. I Yeah, Blaine Gabbert didn't help the, the hype train this week when he got up <laughs> on the podium and said that, you know, the amount of athletic ability that he, referring to Justin Ross, has is extremely rare. He's been around the game for a long time, and seeing what he can do, it's fun to watch. Wayne Gabbert sure knows what the Chiefs fans want to hear heading into this game. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, so yeah, 
it, it'll be interesting. I think we've seen, we got to see a little bit more of Ross leading up to, you know, his time on, on the exempt list. He was getting a few more reps and he was getting some targets and he had a little bit, a couple drops in those games, but he was getting open. So I, I think there's a little bit of hope that people are kind of holding on to. I'm entirely fin sitting on the Justin Ross hype wagon right now. I just don't know what to quite expect yet. For what I see, he's still going to be at his best catching contested passes. And the Chiefs just don't want to throw those. Like, they really, really don't want to throw those. They've even gotten to the point where they'll get him in the red zone. They got an isolated one-on-one look from a pretty, like, tight split to run a fade. And it was turned down immediately to go to the backside, which nothing was open. It's just, that was the look you wanted for that guy. If they are going to trust him in that role at any point in time, you would have expected it to kind of be there. They turned it down. So I just... I am intrigued to see how he gets used now when there's not going to be so many guys ahead of him, but I'm kind of waiting to see what it looks like. I just, I don't know if this team uses a receiver with his strengths very well. Yeah, no, I, I'm curious to see what sorts of things we see from him. Obviously, Blaine Gabbert coming out, speaking that highly of him, Blaine Gabbert played with him plenty in the preseason. Like, this isn't one of those guys that's just like, oh, I've just been throwing him the ball in practice, and we'll see. He was one of the reasons that the hype train was maybe going off the rails a little bit during training camp and preseason, because it wasn't just because, oh, hey, Justin Ross is getting a little bit of run with the ones. Most of the damage that he was doing was with guys like Shane Buchel or, you know, Blaine Gabbert throwing him the ball later in the game, so... It's not one of those things that he's unfamiliar throwing the ball to Justin Ross. It just remains to be seen what the plan is. He is rotating in a little bit with the Chiefs offense. It would be very difficult for him not to. The bar is very low at wide receiver right now. But getting him out there, get him a little more comfortable, figure out if he's a little bit more of a gamer. If he's a guy that needs to get into things a little bit more, needs to run you know, six or seven routes, have a couple of targets, and then all of a sudden, hey, this is clicking for me. It's slowing down a little bit. The nerves, I've been able to shake some of this off. You know, it it remains to be seen if he's a guy like that because we haven't seen enough snaps with the offense right now. If he comes out, gets a bunch of targets from Blaine Gabbert, starts to grow into the game. It's one of the few guys that I think could be on the upswing going into the playoffs if he puts on another good performance here. Now, it's not like the Chargers are going to have an elite defense out there. Far from it right now. They are terrible on the defensive side of the ball, which is even more reason to try and feed him some targets. Find out what you got. Again, a lot of these guys are depth pieces that are getting more run. A lot of this evaluation is trying to figure out whether or not these individuals are worth being on the 53-man roster. And if you can make decisions, bottom-of-the-roster decisions, Coming up in the offseason here when you get to free agency, we have talked so much about this wide receiver room and how they just need a complete overhaul. If Justin Ross comes out there and has a good game, maybe he solidifies himself as one of the guys moving forward. If he goes out there, he looks completely lost, doesn't know what he's doing. He could also play his way off of a future roster there too. So this is one of those, you know... Time to put up or shut up moments. He's going to get plenty of reps, so I, I'm very curious to see how that shakes out. Yeah, I don't think there's like I, I think I, I'm with you. I think this is a it's a it's a good benchmarking game for him to kind of just get an understanding of like what he's capable of doing with higher volume. I think about the the Vikings game and he got to be utilized not only in the red zone but you know in the middle of the field a little bit more too. Had a couple of really nice plays, nice catches. Even some routes that he ran, he kind of ran a diverse route for y'all, things considered. 
you know, despite being in a small sample size against the Vikings. So I just like to see more of that, right? Just what kind of routes he's running, where he gets the ball, you know, where he wins, those kind of things. And yeah, it's I think it's a I think it's a big opportunity for him. I, probably the biggest opportunity of anybody on the offense because there's re- like the offensive side of the ball is not like there's a ton of rookies that are you know we're gonna see this week you know we're really not gonna get to see a ton of them it's it's a pretty established group as far as veterans are concerned but I'm sure we're gonna get our eyes on a few different players um, outside of just Justin Ross Maddie who's someone on offense you're excited to watch there's so many um no. Really, though, uh, McCool Hardman, I, it sounds like he's supposed to get some play in this, and it's not so much that I, I need to see him have a big game or anything, just getting him back in this offense, seeing if he is healthy, and seeing if the Chiefs, presumably without MVS playing, or at least getting a ton of reps, like I don't know what that's going to look like, but like hopefully MVS, hopefully Justin Watson aren't getting a ton of run if playing at all. And without those guys out there, can McCool Hardman get some of the same look that those two guys get downfield? What does he like look like when getting to run those downfield routes? If it ends up being Richie James, what does he look like getting to run some of those? I just want to see some other guys take MVS's, take Watson's reps in a game that you know essentially doesn't matter and let them run some of those same routes to see if they can get open. I don't really even care if Gabbert's hitting them, if they're connecting on them, like what the stat line is. I just want to see some other players run those routes, specifically McCole Hardman, and see what that threat of like real speed does. Like, let me tell you, Watching back, like we spent a lot of time talking about MBS this year and being a step back. I'm not certain he hasn't lost like a full step from what he was able to run in years past. Like, not only do he has he not been playing great, but like I genuinely think that he might be a solid step slower than what he used to be. So, getting somebody that can actually run out there, it would be nice to see. And I do think if that's the case, if McCole Hardman is healthy, he could be. Not a and not a weapon, not a secret weapon, but a little bit of an X factor for the Chiefs going into the playoffs. Yeah, that's we have talked so much about the Chiefs' need for a vertical presence in this offense, and we got a small taste of it this past week against the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, seeing single high coverages, Rasheed Rice recognizing that hey. I am seeing this the same way as Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to audible this route and I'm going to run it vertical because I know it's going to be there. And it was like, those are positives. That's exactly what needs to happen. We have spilled so much of Travis Kelsey's, you know, impending retirement. He looks 34. He looks terrible and all of that. They've also made it very easy to cover Travis Kelsey right now because there's not a safety in the world that is terrified of the Chiefs' vertical passing game. So, McCall Hardman getting a little more downfield. All of a sudden, you know, that's two games in a row that maybe defensive coordinators look at this and go, have they been hiding this? Have they been intentionally kind of keeping some of this back a little bit in the hopes that we're not going to, you know, play them in the way that's going to prevent explosive plays? Okay, maybe we need to back off a little bit. And all of a sudden, hey, Travis Kelsey's a little more open. I am very curious to watch, speaking of a young player here, I'm very curious to watch Lucas Niang. Uh, I Mm. think we think that Lucas Niang is going to get some run here. I think both offensive tackles that started the year, that's Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor, are probably getting a break this week in favor of Wanya Morris at left tackle and Lucas Niang at right tackle. The Chiefs might have themselves an offensive tackle problem going into next year. It's going to, you know, we're going to see how some of this shakes out. Andy Reid 
may not like the way that Wanya Morris has kind of closed out this year. Donovan Smith is a free agent this year, and it's not like he's played, you know, super locked down at left tackle by any means. Lucas Niang factors in in a way that the Chiefs want him to as a swing tackle. And he needs to show, you know, basically that he is worth keeping on the roster in 2024. Really hasn't gotten very many reps out there with the team. If he goes out there and he plays well at right tackle, that's a guy that they may look at and go, okay, well, maybe we go out and we find, you know, another left tackle that can get us through the season a little bit more. We can rely on one of Morris's development to try and take over that role again in this offseason. We'll make it a true competition and we feel comfortable with Lucas Niang and that's our tackle depth. And we know that now going into this. So I'm curious to see if he goes out there and again, very much like Justin Ross, if he goes out there and looks terrible, well, then there is an offensive tackle problem and they will probably need to spend either free agent dollars or a high draft pick on a guy to try and solidify this because Andy Reid's not going to mess around with those trenches again. So Lucas Nagy is a guy that is going to play a lot, and I'm curious to see how he looks out there not playing on. So uh, that is, yeah, I, I'm curious about that as well. I think the Chiefs might have to add one of the call-ups that they use might have to be on the offensive line. So they might bring up an Austin Ryder. They might bring up a Darian Kennard. But, you know, if they bring up Ryder. Sleeping on our guy, sleeping on our guy Godric. I'd shoot Godric. I understand, but, I mean, he's still pretty inexperienced, and I think they need an interior player. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be stunned if the the starting line for this game is Wanye, Allegretti, Ryder, Caliendo, Lucas Niang. Just I, mean, I feel just, like they got to bring up Kennard because you need a third tackle. Like they, they don't can, have a tackle, right? But they can only call up two. So you, if you can, if you can bring in Ryder, you can start. You can start all five of those guys pretty easily. But you with, have no backup tackle if someone gets. Well, I mean, not all of those guys will be inactive. They'll keep Jawan and they'll keep a couple of those guys. Available. I just I think that's the move. One of the things I'm most fascinated with, though, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, has to do with players that may not be playing. We're going to talk about that right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So with all of the, you know, talk about players missing this game or, or, or you know, sitting out, there's a couple of players that I'm fascinated in maybe sitting this out and it being a bad thing. This is the last dress rehearsal opportunity for Donovan Smith and potentially Kadarius Tony, who was a limited participant last yesterday and was downgraded to a did not participate today. I think Donovan Smith as well was a did not participate today as well, if I am, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. After a full practice, after so a full practice, he went full to DNP, and that's not that, great. So, yeah, it's surprising. Like, it is a little surprising because you think so. I, well, here's the thing: I thought Donovan Smith might get a little bit of run this week if they were planning on on bringing Donovan Smith back. Yeah, and Kadarius, we know he's just always injured, but I mean. I think I'm fascinated for two different reasons. First off, Donovan Smith, you know, he's the veteran left tackle, was a full participant early in the week, goes to a DNP. I, you know, we've kind of gone back and forth on whether they're not, they're going to want a veteran, you know, over there at the left tackle position. But if they're going to make that call, I don't want Donovan Smith's first game back being the playoffs. I, I just, like, I, I, I don't like that, you know? So if, if, Maybe they're rolling with Wanye. I don't know. We can start with Donovan, but like I'm a little bit. That's one of the things I'm paying attention to with the you know for the playoffs is who's going to start at left tackle. It kind of seems like they might be cornered into Wanye. Not that Wanye has been bad or Donovan's been any better, but there's a difference in the speed of the game. The experience matters a lot more. And Donovan Smith's a Super Bowl winning tackle, so he's seen it at the highest level. He knows what to expect. That's something I'm kind of curious about, especially if if Donovan Smith doesn't practice again. So uh, we don't know if Donovan Smith's healthy or not, right? Like the fact that he giving was giving it a full go probably says that he. I don't, I don't want to speak for him, but like I have a hard time believing that Donovan Smith, given some of the injuries that he has played with the past couple years, couldn't gut out a performance if he absolutely had to, or if he was being asked to, based on how the practice reports have gone and the injuries that he has played with in his career. That being said, him getting this rest, not pushing for a game that, no, he's not needed in, but like Kent said, would be a nice little bit of to knock the rust off before going into the playoffs, is leaning me towards that they are just going to ride Wanya Morris into the playoffs and Donovan Smith's not getting that back unless there's an injury. Or, hey, maybe you're getting a performance similar to what you got versus the Raiders in in that first half especially, where it's just game-breakingly bad, and then maybe you just go to Donovan Smith in case of emergency, but it almost feels like he's kind of being relegated to that a in case of emergency kind of role at the offensive tackle position and good or bad. We're going to find out you can, I think we can make a case for Wanye Morse getting that nod 
the, the be the starter. I think you can make a case for Donovan Smith. They're clearly, I think, heading towards Wanya Morris. I think if Donovan Smith doesn't play in this game, there is a very, very, very low chance that he would get the nod over Morris come the first, you know, the wild card round of the playoffs without playing any reps since since his injury. It would be difficult, but not impossible. It wouldn't be the first time that we've seen them rotate a guy in late. And it's not like he didn't play at the start of the year. So, you know, he knows what Andy Heck and Andy Reid want. And who knows? Maybe that's closer to the offense that they're going to be running in the playoffs. We'll see. Kadarius Toney is the one that really kind of catches me here because Blaine Gabbert specifically mentioned, you know, throwing to Justin Ross, throwing to McCall Hardman, and throwing to Kadarius Toney. Like, he mentioned those three guys by name, and that really kind of caught me because I went, oh, boy. Like, Kadarius Toney has been fragile. Like, his entire career. We all know that. And, you know, he's hurt a lot. And he gets dinged up a lot. And this seems like the kind of game that you wouldn't want that individual playing in. But I think it also kind of speaks to how the Chiefs are viewing him right now. He needs reps. He needs to get out there and get in a rhythm again. Because every time that they found him and tried to target him as of late, bad things have happened. So... I fully believed that they were going to try and get Kadarius Toney on the field this week, give him a limited package of plays, have him catch a couple of passes, get out there, roll off a couple of hits, and then sit him down like they were at the beginning of the year to try and preserve him for the playoffs. This DNP that he had on Thursday has now kind of blown that out of the water. I don't think that they're going to chance it. I don't think that they're going to put a guy out there that they believe they can use, even if it's just for four or five plays in the playoffs that are designed specifically for him. They believe that he is game-breaking enough with the ball in his hand. That So I don't think they'll chance it, but I, I really was thinking, oh, wow, he's going to play this week when Gabbert came out and mentioned him by name as one of the guys that he's comfortable throwing the ball. Sadly, I think that was the plan. And here we are. A DNP. You want to hear something interesting? Kadarius Tony has more receiving yards, touchdowns, and rushing yards in half a season last year than he did for this season in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... I think I said three weeks ago that he needed two more yards to hit last year. And again, he played half a season in Kansas City last year. Two more yards. And I said, I would bet he doesn't get it. And he immediately popped up on the injury report. And now it's looking like he might not. Like, that is scary. That it really is scary. And so, like, I know, like, the Chiefs probably still, they probably still believe him into some capacity. He contributed in that Super Bowl. He contributed in the playoffs for this team. You know, he had the big punt return and the touchdown, the the punt return Maddie refuses to acknowledge. And it's just it happened. Of, it just wasn't necessary. It's just kind of funny to me. It is just kind of so funny to me that there's been such a regression from him. Which it's, it's just it's just yeah, it's tough to it's tough to watch. But uh I don't know what his outlook for the playoffs are and if they really want to get him involved all that much. I wouldn't be stunned if they don't see him in the playoffs if he doesn't if he misses this week. Because he they haven't gained much out of him. I mean, he's he's his production is absolutely tanked. So I mean, he does do for the offense and like not in theory. 
like in practice, what does he do for the offense? He yep. helps defense by turning completions into interceptions. But like legitimately, if he's able to trot him out there, whether you want to say, okay, it's just the three snaps, you know, or like, you know, seven snaps as we try to manufacture one to two touches. He's been highly inefficient with them as is. Does he really do any better with those than Rice or Hardman would do with those couple snaps? Or are you going back to giving him 20, 25 snaps in which he maybe has one catch on and then one drop on? Is he doing any better than literally? Like, he provides nothing for the offense. They don't miss him one bit not being in there. It's just, and that's, it, it's sad to say. You could take out anybody else on this wide receiver group that's very bad and say they might miss them. I don't know if you can say that about Kadarius Tony this year. I just don't think there's a single thing that they're missing about him in his play this season. Yeah. Kadarius Tony right now has 38 targets, 169 receiving yards. That is 6.3 yards per reception. For reference, he is behind Clyde Edwards Hilaire on receiving yards for the year. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has 20 targets for 179 yards. He's caught 16 of those, 11.2 yards per reception. These plays good out, for Clyde. Good for Clyde. Yeah, right. These plays <laughs> out, but like I can think of two off the top of my head. There was like the the like wheel route or fade or whatever coming out of the backfield that he caught this year, and then there was the slant where he like broke a tackle. And like those two right there combined for like forty of his hundred whatever yards. Like just those two catches, like they count, but just doing that much yardage on two of those catches, that means the rest accomplished it's that little. Nothing. That's rough. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball because that's the more fun side of the football when it comes to some of these young guys because uh, there's a lot of them. Craig, who's the younger youngster you're most excited to get more reps this week? I mean, I'll take the low-hanging fruit here. I'm going to go with Felix Anaduke Uzama. Um, yeah, I'm very... Oh, that's pretty good. I'm very curious to see what we get out of him. We saw a couple of flashes. We know he's got speed. We know he's got bend. We know he's got burst. I was never one of these guys that was like, this guy has to play this year. He absolutely has to play this year. As a matter of fact, I think after they drafted him, I said, if they give him a redshirt year, yeah, that's that's fine. I'm fine with that, especially with the depth chart the way that it is. Now he's going to get an opportunity to play. And I want to see what the growth looks like this year. I want to see, does he have like a Tim Ward final game where he goes out there and he, he just plays really well? Because if he does... Guess what? You can get legitimately excited about the Chiefs' first-round draft pick and then, you know, probably put him on the shelf again until, you know, you get to 2024. But I do want to see how he's grown. I know that he put on a little bit more weight coming into Kansas City, and I want to see, is he holding up a little bit better against the run? He's gotten some of those snaps lately. Has it been great? But once again, he's barely getting in the game, barely getting into the flow of everything. So, Get him out there. Let him get used to the speed of the game. Let him get used to how tackles are trying to play him. If Rayshon Slater is going to end up playing this week, go for it. Let's let's see it. Let's see what he looks like against a top tackle. Let's see what sorts of things he's going to need to do because he's going to face those in his career. This is actually probably the best case scenario because they're going to rest a lot of their defensive ends. They're probably going to play him plenty, and he's going to get to go up against potentially a guy that is a top 5-10 to 10 left tackle in this league. So get him out there. Get him those good reps. I, it's win-win for Felix right now. So go out there and see what you got. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's the, the lowest hanging fruit, the guy that everyone's the most excited to see, and this is a game where he should get the, the, the opportunities, right? And it's not so much about going out there and dominating. 
it's do you see growth from when he was getting a little bit of playing time to start the year to now? Do you see that development happening and whether or not he's dominant or not? Do you see a more consistent pass rush plan? Do you see a guy that's timing the snaps a little bit better? Like, has he improved on some of the stuff that was clearly, you know, maybe keeping him off the field to start the year or in the middle of the season once the Chiefs got healthy? Uh, for me, I'm going to go to the secondary with Shamari Connor. Um, he's been getting more reps, you know, as the year's gone on, especially because of the injury to Brian Cook. But I think this is a game where he's going to get even more. And we said Brian Cook's injured. We don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back. That means that Connor, until then, is going to be your third safety. And while we like Mike Edwards and what he does, he is best also as a third safety. And that means you probably get a pretty he like heavy rotation of both those guys playing. Here, Connor has the opportunity to play more traditional safety reps. He's not going to be in the slot. He's not going to always be overhanging or blitzing or like lurking around. And not that he's been doing that this, you know, the past month. They have been playing him as a safety, but you're just going to get more. You're going to get a bigger sample size. And there's been some ups and there's been some downs when doing so. I wouldn't say he looks super comfortable playing as like a deep safety all the time right now, but you also see the athleticism. You also see the click and the close. You see some of the ball skills pop up and spurt. So how does he look back there? I think the Chargers are going to let Easton stick, you know, try to sling the ball around a little bit, give Connor a chance to showcase what he has. And you feel a little bit better about Cook, you know, about the Chiefs secondary if Cook's unable to go, if Connor puts on another strong showing. And that way, you know, if Mike Edwards ever does start to become a little bit of a liability, you might have somewhere else you can turn. You might have a three safety nickel, this, you know, a dime package that gets them all out there that can be super effective like it was earlier in the year when Edwards was in that role. So for me, it's BJ Thompson. And, you know, he's such an interesting prospect. He's on the older side, but he's an, a freak athlete who came in on a little bit on the slender side, who has slowly kind of been able to add add muscle and mass to his frame. Um, I'm just kind of fascinated to see what his growth and development is because he hasn't been active all season. We haven't seen him since the preseason. And he was a very, he was just a, he's a developmental pass rusher. You know, he's a guy that I want to see what kind of density to his frame there is, because that's going to matter for his projection moving forward, especially considering time's running out on him to be able to put mass on his frame because he is on the older side as a prospect. And this is what kind of development from there too. Like is what kind of physical development, but also, you know, is he able to still get up the arc? Has he, is he shown an ability to get up the arc and, and bend a corner and, and really keep that corner tight and not get washed up the arc, you know, and what does he look like against the run? Just some of the basic stuff, because he definitely seemed like a project for the future. And, you know, the, the optimistic side of him for this season was going to be, Hey, maybe towards late in the year, there's an opportunity for him to be a situational pass rusher against some of these heavier, heavier footed edge rushers. And I don't think that's ultimately going to be what the case is for his, you know, career or for his season projection when it comes to actually seeing time, like they're not saving him for the playoffs. They it would have happened earlier in the season if it was going to happen this year, but that doesn't mean it still can't. This this week's going to be a big indicator and going to help us kind of have an idea of what the outlook for BJ Thompson is for 2024 and whether or not he's going to be a guy that they really try to keep around for the future. Anybody else that you guys are really geeked out about? Anything? Anybody else that you really want to watch? On the defensive side, I mean, there's there's a few. I mean, this the 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 defense has the youngsters. I mean, there's a lot of youngsters out there that could be playing this week. Right? Yeah. It. it I want to see what Neil Farrell brings to the table. He's been inactive for most of the year. What happens if he's inactive again? 
Oh my goodness. I don't want to think about that. Like, it's not going to happen. Like that's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So like he's going to be out there plenty. I think we're going to see plenty of Josh Williams and Jalen Watson, Echo Boydo, Nick Jones. Like I, I just kind of want to see what the, what the young corners look like with a little bit more play. I'm curious to see how much Drew Tranquil plays. We 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 have talked plenty about this team. We've talked plenty about the way that they approach this linebacker core. I don't want to get into that discussion, but Brendan Daly talked about bringing something to him, you know, this week. You know, a little change of pace or something different this week. And Drew had basically already studied it, and so he was basic. You know, Brendan Daly's like, man, he's just a consummate professional. He's already out there. He's already doing this stuff. That makes it sound like Drew Tranquil is going to play. And based on his snap count in previous games, it would make sense because they clearly view him as a backup linebacker in this rotation. So if he's going to go out there, he's going to play the mic. He is going to give these young players the best opportunity to win. Because not, not saying that Jack Cochran isn't going to go out there and you know be able to be effective as the mic linebacker. We've seen that at times this year that he's been fine. But Drew Tranquil is going to be able to go out there and tell Felix, tell BJ Thompson, tell Neil Farrell where they need to line up, why this is happening, where things are going. We've identified these things before. Help organize the coverage on the back end. He's going to give those young players that we're talking about here that we are hoping to see good games out of the mental advantage over some of these things. Plus, he's playing against a former team that I'm sure he wants to line up and show, oh, hey, yeah, I know that I'm kind of at a backup linebacker role here, but guess what? I'm still really damn good, and you shouldn't have let me go. So there is a lot on the plate for a Drew Tranquil this week, and I'm very curious to see, do they let him get plenty of run as the Mike linebacker to help everybody else, all these young guys on the defense, be at their best down in and down out? Uh. I really hope he doesn't play a lot. I really hope the junior doesn't play play. a lot. (laughs) I really hope that Willie Gay, Leushnall, Cochran, Cam Jones, I hope all these guys get out there and play a lot. And I hope Drew Tranquil does it. And that way we can like finally have it settled that they have kind of been holding it back for the playoffs. And they're not treating him like this year's version of Darius Harris that is just there to be a backup Mike and play in certain packages. Because that would be so sad. With the with the what I think just the the ultimate ceiling of this team can be in the playoffs, I, I'm looking through this Chiefs defense right now, right, and like I'm trying to figure out who's not gonna play, and try to figure out like who is like what's that gonna look like, just who's not gonna play in this game on the Chiefs defensive side of the ball because it, it was something that Kent said earlier. You only get two practice squad like elevations. I think you could make a very easy case that they're both on the offensive side of the ball. So I, like, and what, we, I tell you, we already have the answer on one of them. Exactly. Chris Oladokun will be the core backup quarterback for Blaine Gabbard in this game. Right. And so you have to bring in, like we already said, if you're going to have offensive linemen that aren't playing, like if Donovan Smith can't play, just simply can't play, you probably at least already have to bring up somebody from the practice squad. There's both. Hey, guess what? Do you really want Isaiah Pacheco running again like the way he does in this game? Clyde and Zilaire missed last week. I know it was just an illness, and he's practiced all this week. Like, it seems like he should play. But again, like, it doesn't seem like that's completely set, given the illness has gone on multiple weeks now. But Michael Pirine's their only other running back that would be up. So, like, if something pops up with Clyde and Zilaire, you have to, like, it's just, the, it seems like the call-up has to be on the offensive side of the ball. So this defense, there's going to be some starters that got to play. 
Yeah. They don't they don't have only back as you do. Is Chris Jones gonna go out there hunting for some numbers? No. No, Chris Jones hasn't practiced this this yeah, week. I don't, I, don't, so. I don't see him coming out there and doing it. So I mean, look, I mean Lopez is still young, so he's probably gonna play a little. Should a little, he? A little oh. George. I mean a little naughty. Uh I don't know about I think, Dana. I think naughty plays. I think Turk Warden might lead the defensive line in snaps this week. Like he really might. I, he they don't have another three tech unless they're going to play Malik Herring there, which Legarius is Legarius is not playing. No, is Trent McDuffie going to play? Like Mike Edwards is going to play. That's true. I just what I mean. Like I just looking through here, it's like okay, like the defense. The defense has to really pick and choose who's going to play because there's going to be guys that play that are one or starters, but two, you're going to be asking guys like Tershawn Wharton. Mike Edwards, Shamari Connor, guys that play a real like rotational role that you want to be healthy, you're gonna ask them to play like a full set of snaps in this game, like a hundred like 90% of the snaps in this game. So it's just it's interesting to me how they're gonna figure that out because I don't feel like they have a ton of pure backups to just sit in there and play. And especially if you don't get any help from the practice squad from the defensive side of the ball. It, it, they have guys like Malik Herring sitting there. We mentioned uh, Neil Farrell, BJ Thompson. Like they have guys that have been active that can eat snaps in, in some places. It's just, I, I think both call ups have to be offensively. Probably. Yeah. And so, like, you're not going to get a generic Prince look, probably. Because, like, you're right. Like, I, like I He's said earlier, really, like, elevations, too. Is he really? Yeah. They used him. That's why they had to sign P. Ryan to the active rosters because he was Correct. out. Prince is out. Um, they elevated Ingram last week and like that I would if Clyde's weir pops up at all for an illness again if you see him pop up at all in the injury report it might not get to be the offensive line that gets well that means one of, that means one of your starters is playing in this game Trey Smith yeah probably Trey yeah. Smith yes yeah that's <laughs> what Taylor, I, make him learn how to align <laughs> no not really but, we need him no no we need him only listening to Pat's cadence you could yes, not please. throw another cadence at Joao oh, Kalen please oh please 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 no I think Justin Reed Legarius Sneed Trent McDuffie Nick Bolton and Chris Jones are locks to not play this week I, I think, think those five guys, guys definitely not I don't playing. I don't think you can go much more though that's my thing is like I don't think fair. you can go much more than that now Guys like George and Omenihue, they'll play less reps, right? Mm-hmm. Let Mike Dana eat a bunch of reps. He's fine with that. You know, you let Tershawn Wharton eat a bunch of reps. Like we mentioned, Herring, Farrell Thompson, guys that are always inactive. Like, I think you can make it. Deion Bush is also on the active roster. So, like, there's a safety. Yep. You have safety. guys, I think, that can fill in if you just take those five out. It's just, I think on the surface, we're all like, oh, none of the starters are going to play. You know, they don't have. That's not how the NFL works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even some of the benching, like even the times where I think they've rested some guys, like I think like a Tooney has played, at, you know, for a while, and you know, so they've they've played some starters. Don't play him if you can't. I mean, you, you guys said Trey, but Trey Smith, the one offensive line that's been injured up and down this year. So I know that's that's, well, that's the thing that threw it into. I was like, I we said that, and like or I was thinking about that earlier, and I was like, maybe it's Creed. Maybe they don't. Not, maybe Trey did not practice on Thursday with this illness out that. It's clearly yes. running around the building right now. Maybe maybe they let Creed play center for a good chunk of the game and then let Greddy and Caliendo play the guards. I know. I just don't or, know. Or that's where your elevation is. It's just I, I we'll figure it out. We'll see. It's just, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not the most exciting thing to think about. I just as we were going through players we're excited to see. I'm like, wait, I don't think they can really sit as many guys defensively a, right. as we're gonna hope with they the should, way the elevations have to work. That's look, all. They're going to play a 4-3. It's going to be like base personnel the entire game, regardless of the personnel that the Chargers roll out. It's going to be Cochran, Cam Jones, and Leo Chanel. 
hear me out. Just IR Canarius Tony and bring in somebody that plays. I'm wondering if that's not going to be the case. I genuinely wonder. But again, that probably doesn't. Like his season would be, he could theoretically come back for the Super Bowl should the Chiefs make it to that point. Again, though. (laughs) I mean, yeah. There's There's a reason I feel comfortable even throwing it out there knowing that he could not come back until the Super Bowl. Just the Donovan Smith might be a guy like that too. After a full practice, going to DMP, that if it's yeah. just not healing right, like I, again, they do yeah. have options. We no, will him. See, I want, but yeah, I know. <laughs> him, him, you want to be there? I just, I'm just looking for other ways to get through this particular game. And like Kadarius Tony is the one, and I do find it rather interesting that he is all of a sudden not participating again. Not I do want to say this though. These are the games that they get crazy, that they do stuff. Again, Colin Saunders played Mike linebacker for like a quarter and a half. It was awesome. It was great because they didn't have the depth. And that, I think this this Chiefs team is fine. Andy Reid is fine with, hey, listen, it starts to go south. We pick up a knock here and there. We're just going to pull that guy out and we're going to have to improvise. Maybe, you know. All of a sudden, Shamari Connor's playing linebacker for this team or something like that. You know, we'll we'll see, but they rotate guys around and they're fine with giving some of these young guys as close to like 85 or 90% of the snaps as possible just because they're gonna they're gonna use them up and they don't really care about the results of the game. We spent a lot of time doing players to watch this entirety of the game, but or the show, but now it's time for players to watch. Presented by Tickets for Less. Promo code KCSN gets you the highest discount available on your Chiefs tickets at ticketsforless.com. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. Craig, of all the players we've talked about, who is the player you are most excited to watch in this game? Go. Oh, man. I think it's going to be Richie James. I'm going to, we didn't mention him. He's going to play. They don't really have a ton of options, you know, especially if guys like MBS don't play this week, Darius Tony don't play this week. Rasheed Rice hasn't practiced yet this week. Richie James might be in for some volume targets. And honestly, I'm fine with seeing more Richie James. I've liked the little taste that we've gotten here and there of his involvement in the offense. So why not trot him out there a little bit more with Blaine Gabbert? Why not try and you know, diversify that, run, that route tree a little bit more? Put more on defensive coordinator's plate. I... I'm cool with seeing more Richie James this week. I would love, love to have him have a big game. Uh, I, we're going to go with Clyde Zilaire. We mentioned him in passing, but I think he's going to play. And since the Jarek McKinnon kind of injury, he's been the guy, when healthy, that has taken over kind of as the receiver. They put got him downfield a little bit. They've thrown him some screens in his like last three games leading into, you know, before he missed his previous one, 29 yards, 64 yards, 42 yards receiving. He had the jump and catch in the touch in the end zone for one of those games. Into the playoffs, they're going to need a third down back. And I know Isaiah Pacheco's coming off a game where he caught a lot of passes, including a really nice touchdown. But for the most part, Isaiah Pacheco is a safety net as a receiver, as a running back. Clyde Erdzee-Lair has flashed a little bit more, especially going back to LSU as being that kind of guy. So let's go ahead and put Clyde Erdzee-Lair on the guys to watch this game, especially as a receiver coming out of the backfield. Two guys we haven't talked about that I am genuinely excited about, and if we had a long time to you know talk, I would I would have gone with Nick Jones and Echo Boydo. Both of those cornerbacks are probably going to get some run this week. Um, you know. 
Echo Boydo was a darling of training camp and put together a really strong performance. And so we're going to get to see, you know, his development over the course of the year. And Nick Jones was a training camp, you know, eye turner, head turner, because he was getting run in the slot for, oh, you know, the number one defense in football uh, during training camp. Like he just like he was getting some legitimate looks. You know, him and Nazi Johnson were kind of darlings of, of early camp and then injuries kind of derailed some of that. So I'm just kind of interested to see what he looks like. If You know, he's probably going to have to play outside, uh, but maybe they can kick him down to the slot a little bit where he was getting some run in training camp. Maddie, before we get out of here, you had some questions for us. Are they quick? Yeah. Yeah. And this is going to be pretty quick, but, you know, we got but next time we talk, this is going to be settled, right? This is already we're going to know this. So I want to ask your guys opinion. The wild card t- wild card game time slots are, and you know, afternoon Saturday, night Saturday. There's an early afternoon night Sunday. Then there's a prime time night on Monday. The Chiefs, if they play the Dolphins, which time slot do they get? Monday, Monday. You think they're getting the the island? You know, they're all islands, but like you think they get yeah. the Monday nighter? Yeah. On ESPN, you don't think they'd give them Sunday on NBC? You think they would do Monday? I it, think it's going to be one of those two. It will be the primetime Sunday or primetime Monday game. Yeah. And I'll be no. mad if it's the Monday. I'll be okay. the Monday. Okay. If they play the, let's say, the Texans, that seems to be another a very likely opportunity. Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> That's a Saturday game if I've ever seen one. Okay, but is, it, is it the early Saturday they're trying to bury? Or is it the night Saturday they say, night hey, Saturday. there's intrigue? Night Saturday in Arrowhead against the Texans. That makes like, We all know the Browns are playing the day Saturday game. Yeah, they are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> are you trying to bury Joe Flacco? He okay. won't die. Okay, we all know the NFC South winner is playing the day Saturday game. It's what, yeah, it is it's, one of those. I mean, that would be the Texans. Oh, NFC South. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah, but understood. Probably. I yeah, I'll shut up. I just okay. okay. That was all. That was just my question. Like, you know, which time slot do we think they get? I I agree. I think the Dolphins coming to Arrowhead is is probably one of those two primetime games. The NFC will get one. The AFC will get the other. And then if it is the Texans or the, if it's the Colts, the Chiefs might be a candidate for that. Texans or the Colts. Steelers, like that screen That's Saturday, a Saturday night to me. Yeah. Give me that Bills. extra day. Bills? Oh, that's back to the prime time. Night. Yeah. That's, that's just yeah, that's whoever that's whoever's number one on the pack. I don't know how the NFL decides this, but whatever TV station has the first bid gets the Chiefs Bills. They honestly the Chiefs Dolphins might go for a first bid too. Um, I would have to look at all the matchups. I think there's gonna be a really good NFC game in there too, given how that'll shake out. But uh, yeah, I just that was my question is where we thought they'd play. Who do the Chiefs play? Who is who predicted now? The Pittsburgh Dolphins. Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. That might be it. That might be a Friday. That might be a Saturday afternoon game. Mason Rudolph versus Patrick Mahomes. And there's still the NFC South, man. They still lose. Okay. Um, all right. It's so, the Dolphins. It's the Dolphins. I uh, I think I'm going Dolphins. The I Dolphins are the Dolphins are missing both defensive ends and half their teams in a walking boot. Like they're not beating the Bills. I don't think. I, I don't think the Dolphins don't want to play anywhere else than Miami. So I think you're going to see Mike McDaniel pull out every stop that he can to try and get creative and win that one because they don't want to go on the road. Well, and I'll tell you this too. Right. You go go Jags and uh, go. It's Jaguars, and who's the other team that has to win to make things really interesting for the Bills? 
Well, Steelers. The Steelers. Jaguars and Steelers. Yeah, go Jags, go Steelers. Those two things happen. Then the Bills have to empty the clip to try to win that game too. Because they yeah. miss the playoffs if they lose. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, and they know that going in as well. Like, they know that going in. This is why, I mean, like, I get what you're saying, Craig, with the Dolphins wanting to play, you know, only in Miami. But they have a lot of injuries. Jalen Waddle's not playing. I know Tua got hurt a little bit. They say he's fine, but he got dinged up. Tyree Kill, again, I don't think he's on the injury report, but he was in a walking boot. Like, the, yeah. the videos of him outside of his home that caught on fire, thankfully everyone's okay with that. But, like, he was in a boot. So, like, that team's a little banged up. They make the playoffs no matter what. If they go into that night and it's like, and especially they go in that night game, it's just like, I wonder if like, eh, there's a little bit of a quit factor if things don't start flowing real well, knowing that they still have life the following week is all. Well, and I'll tell you, the Bills have to be riding on emotions and fumes right now too, because every game has been a playoff game. And so if they get put in a situation where they got to win that game on Sunday. How does that work with Josh Allen going through that emotional roller coaster? How's that worked? Yeah. Just saying. It'll be fun. This is going to be an awesome football weekend, and the Chiefs don't matter at all. Don't factor in at all in it, other than the fact that we get to enjoy watching players that we don't normally get to play or get to watch play. It it is the best football weekend of the year for Kansas City right now. Let Turk Wharton get carries. That's going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening, watching. We appreciate you. We'll catch you later. Kadarius Tony, backup quarterback. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.